You're listening to episode seven of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. I'm so excited that I have Amy of Rebel Nutrition today to talk to, and she is a nutritional therapy practitioner turned online business coach who's currently traveling the world uh, full-time with her photographer husband, Eric. And Amy has such a cool story. She's uh, originally from Colorado, made the move to Hawaii. So Hawaii is where she's based, but she's currently traveling in Asia. And I, I always have a blast talking to her. She's just got such interesting insights. And it's really amazing to hear how she went from working a serving job not long ago to being able to travel the world full-time and retire her husband. It's incredible. So I can't wait for you to hear this one. I won't hold you up any longer. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Room to Grow podcast. I have a very special guest today. Uh, She and I have been trying to coordinate for the last few months and finally managed to fit it into both of our schedules. Uh, We're talking to Amy of Rebel Nutrition. And I just, I'm a huge fan of Amy. Uh, We've chatted multiple times in the past and it's so funny how I came across her. Um, When I went to visit Hawaii last year, I found an Akai, Akai bowl. (laughs) Am I saying that right, Amy? (laughs) Um, I think it's acai. Acai, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I found an, an acai bowl place called Choice Health Bar in Maui. And loved it. I started following them on Instagram and they tagged you in one of their posts. And I, I was so interested. I clicked her on your profile. I'm like, this woman is amazing. So we have Amy here joining us today. I'm so thrilled to finally be doing this, Amy. <laughs> I'm so excited too. And I had no idea that was how you found out about me. So that is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if I told you that or not before. It's just so random. I think you said your, your husband was doing the social media for choice at one point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He ran like their social media account and did their photography and stuff. So a lot of times he would have me like pose with the smoothie bowls and stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. No, that worked out so well. I I was super excited to find you and even more so now, obviously. I'm I'm really excited to do this. And you just have such an interesting story. And right now we had to coordinate some time differences as well because you're currently in Bali, but you have like a huge travel story and, and all the things we just, uh, I'd love to hear, to hear more from you and, and get the full story and where you ended up, um, how you ended up in Bali now and kind of what, what prefaced all of that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, I will try and give you the condensed version, but basically, um, a couple years ago, I was actually, my husband and I were living in Colorado at the time. And we were kind of still struggling to figure out like what we wanted to do with our lives. I was considering going back to school for nutrition, um, but we were in like a ton of debt. And I didn't really think that like that was a good idea at the time. And I wasn't super thrilled about living in Colorado. To be honest, I'm not really a cold weather type of person. And so we kind of just were in this routine of like going to work at our full-time jobs and coming home and like 
watching Netflix and dreaming about, you know, traveling or doing something really cool with our lives, but we just had no idea how we were going to make that happen. And it just turned into like, our, I just felt so unfulfilled with our routine of like working, Netflixing, and then like sleeping and repeating every day for like years. And I was just like, this is, there's gotta be more to life than this. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, you know? Um, and so that's kind of when, I'm not sure how the idea kind of came to be, but basically I was just so sick of being in debt. I'm like, this is what we have to do. We need to like get rid of everything that <laughs> we don't need because we're, we can like sell it off and make money off of that. We need to like get rid of our subscriptions that we're not using, get rid of our cars. Like we need to downsize our apartment and like live very minimally so that we can start paying off our debt. And then hopefully that means that, you know, we can start fulfilling our dreams of like traveling um, and so we kind of started down that road. We actually moved into a tiny house in Colorado. Um, and that was kind of like the catalyst of like starting our whole minimalism journey. Um, and then from there, well, I don't know, I'm going to try and condense this story a little bit more. But after that, we were like, we were kind of like, okay, that maybe wasn't the smartest move because now we just bought like a house, even though it's a tiny house, it's still like a mortgage. So we downsized even more, sold like everything. And then now at at that point, we decided we were going to start renting out the tiny house um, and using that as like rental income. So we started doing that and we kind of just made the decision that we wanted to, we still were really struggling like financially, but we were like, you know what, if we are going to be spending the next couple of years paying off debt and living really, really minimally um, and budgeting like crazy, like let's at least do that somewhere that we love living in. And that's not Colorado right now. So we decided kind of on a whim to move to Maui, which looking back was like probably not a very smart financial decision, but we got really lucky when we moved to Maui, we found what I now <laughs> lovely, lovingly call the tiny hut, um, <laughs> literally, literally a hut. It was like a hundred square feet. Um, no kitchen, just basically one tiny room. And, but we didn't pay very much rent. Um, so we were actually able to save a lot of money that way. Um, so we lived in that tiny hut for over a year. And during that time, like a ton of really awesome stuff happened. So obviously living really minimally, we were able to pay off a ton of debt, but I also um, had gotten my nutrition certification. So I started my nutrition business, even though I was still working a full-time serving job and my husband was still working full-time too. So that was kind of like when I started my business, started growing my, you know, social media following, got, got, you know, nutrition clients and that type of thing. Um, and it was just awesome because we were in Maui. Um, Okay. Sorry. I feel like I'm like going off on a, no, yeah. I love all of this because it, you just honestly, and you had, I feel like you had so much happen in a relatively short span of time and I'm so fascinated by it. So please carry on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. I'm like, I, I'm always like, I don't want to bore people with my story and I'm not sure like what direction to take it, but anyways, um, yeah. So the whole time we were in Maui and like working towards me growing my business and also paying off debt, our, my husband and I's kind of ultimate goal was that we wanted to get to the place with my business and financially that we could be able to, if we wanted to stay in Hawaii, cool, but also be able to just travel if we wanted to and not really, you know, worry about, you know, the financial part of it. So we kind of always had that goal in mind and just continued to really stick to our budget. Um, I continued to work on growing my business and I also still worked full time. 
And it just kind of spiraled while, while we were in Maui. I think that it really helped to something. And this is kind of, I guess, something, a tip that I kind of like to give people who are trying to um, grow their businesses too, is that once I kind of, at first living in a hut and, and being in debt and all of that stuff that's really unglamorous, I kind of felt a lot of shame around it. I was like, I don't want to share that with people, especially on social media, because like no one's going to want to work with me if they know that like I live in a hut and like all of this stuff. But then I think at some point I was just like, you know what, this is who I am and this is my situation right now. So like, I don't need to be ashamed of it. I'm going to let people in and show them you know, how I'm living and what I'm doing. And it was kind of at that point that I really just was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but I basically was just like, fuck it. And, and that was when I really noticed a lot of growth happening with like my business and people being really interested in my story and like growing my Instagram account. And I was like, wow, maybe I'm onto something like that. I am actually just being really real and honest. And this is something that a lot of people, you know, haven't, or this is something that a lot of people don't probably show <laughs> online or on social media. And so it kind of in that way sort of set me apart and was really the catalyst for me growing my business, I think, because I was just able to be really real and honest. Um, and so anyways, it was around that same time that I, we still weren't in the place financially where we could like travel full time, but I was kind of on this breaking point with my business where it was like, I was half in half out. And I was like, you know, if I don't, if I don't ever try to go all in and like give this everything I've got, then I'm always going to just be like semi successful and like have a couple clients here and there. So my husband actually, Eric was really encouraging to me and he was like, I agree. I think that you should quit your other job. And I think you should just go in, like go all in on your business, give it everything you've got for a couple months. And if it doesn't work out, you can always find another job. And that was really scary for me, but at the same time, it really just felt right. And <laughs> that's kind of how I make a lot of decisions in my life and in my business at this point is like, if it feels right, then I just do it. And I am so glad that I did because by doing that, I just had this like crazy amount of motivation that I was like, I have to make this work right now. And within a couple months, I had turned my business into being, um, you know, enough clients. And I, at that point I had launched courses that I was bringing in enough money that I was actually making more than I ever was at my, my full-time serving job. So it was working out really well. And then a couple months after that, we decided that we were going to um, kind of take another big leap and leave Maui and just start traveling full-time. And my husband was going to quit his job. So it's just like a lot of kind of crazy, scary decisions, but that all really um, worked out in the end. And now that's kind of how we got to where we are now, which is traveling full-time and just running my business and Eric at this point he before like I said before when we we're in Hawaii he was running choices Instagram and photography and stuff so he he does like my photography and video editing now and then I just run like the business side of things <laughs> I love that there is so much good stuff in there that I want to dig into you know first of all I feel like that that cycle that you were describing when you were uh, kind of just feeling feeling stuck when you're in Colorado just getting into that kind of old habits, right? You know, the, the like Netflix and, and uh, then just go to bed and then go to work again. And it's just that same thing over and over and over again. I feel like so many people can really relate to that. And just that, that whole sense of feeling stuck and not even knowing where to begin with that. And, and it just, it, it amazes me how 
you just kept taking, I feel like one, one step after another, you, you didn't look so far ahead into the future necessarily that it was like, okay, I need to get to this point, but then stressing over the how I feel like so many people, whether they're trying to change their, change their body or, or build a business, you can get so stuck in that, in that how, and then you're never able to get to that next point because it's, it's, there's too much fear there. It's, it's paralyzing. So I love that you kind of took it one step at, at a time. Did you ever have any idea that you would end up getting to the level that you did within the, the time frame that you did? Or does that sort of shock you? For, for anyone who doesn't follow Amy, she's, she already has like over 30,000 Instagram followers. And you did that within, I believe, what, less than a year? I'm pretty sure you jumped uh, by thousands within less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's correct. I believe it's about it's been about a year. I think a year ago I was only at like a couple thousand, so it has grown really fast. Yeah, and and that's incredible too. I, I know that you offer uh, some trainings and stuff about that, but even um, I, I, I even just watching a lot of your YouTube videos, like the the one about your tiny hut, is awesome. And I think that it it's really wise to give people that inside look because it's always at the end of the day, it all comes down to we're the only ones who can tell our own story in our voice. And it can be really easy to feel like uh, we're drowned out, um, that a lot of people are, are saying the same types of things. And that can cause a lot of fear too. So do you have any, any advice for anyone who's just starting out and how they can kind of um, start to make big goals, but not necessarily like take action, but not stress too much over the getting stuck in that, in that first few phases where things can just feel incredibly overwhelming. Yeah. I think that's such a good question because it can be so, I think overwhelm is probably the number one thing that like it will overwhelm and perfectionism are like the two things that I think really keep people from reaching success because they just, it seems it like they're trying to reach a goal and it's just, they can't figure out, you know, to how to get from A to B because B seems so overwhelming. So I would say something I really like to like always have people get really clear about their why. So like my why was that I wanted to be able to travel and just have that financial freedom. So I always kept that, you know, front and center of my mind with like every decision that I was making. But at the same time, like you can't let that overwhelm you because if you don't have like the steps to get there, you're, you're going to end up just like going to work and then Netflixing and repeating, you know? So, um, I think something that is really helpful is to keep that why at the front of your mind, but then kind of just put your head down and like focus on the smaller steps and not get distracted with like too much of the bigger picture. So for example, I mean, I'm in the process of making another course right now. And it's when I look at the end, picture of like having it all done it is it is so overwhelming to me because it's like such it's so much content and so much stuff that I need to get done but every day I kind of just put my head down and keep working and try and make a little bit of progress like every single day even if it is the smallest thing even if it's just like one lesson um written out on my outline or something because what I've noticed is the thing that really 
keeps people inspired and keeps them moving forward is feeling that little bit of progress. And like you said, this is, I think this is relevant for whether you're trying to start a business or whether you're trying to, you know, change your nutrition or your body or anything like that. It's like that little bit of progress is kind of when you see that and you feel that it's what keeps you inspired to keep on going. So, um, break it down into as little of steps as you can. Um, and just try and take a little bit of action every single day. And also just perfection just does not exist. I, I think that that's something that so many people are striving for. And I think honestly, I, I'm actually, I used to be such a perfectionist right now. I'm happily a, um, type B personality. I'm kind of like, I think that that's one of the best qualities that you can actually have if you are trying to start a business. It's not saying that like you don't want your content to be great, but if you are, if, if you're reaching for perfection, you're never going to get there. So I think that, you know, just doing the best that you can and actually creating something and taking a little bit of action is the way to be successful. I love that. I'm, I'm glad you brought up perfectionism too, because I think that that's something that, that so many of us struggle with and any action is better than no action. There, there have been so many times in the, in, since starting my business that I've just taken the leap, even when it was something that was, I was not particularly ready. I, it was not the way I wanted it to look necessarily. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to jump and trust that you'll figure it out, like to have, to, to build enough self-trust. And the more often you do it, you will build more trust in yourself. And then it gets a little bit easier each time you do it too. Completely. And you learn something every time that you just take action. You're like, oh, you know, next time I do that, I'm going to be better in this way, in this way. And you don't learn those things until you just actually, you know, take some sort of action. Absolutely. Yeah. And minimalism, uh, I'm, I'm super into minimalism as well. And I, you've, you've kind of touched on that a few times about downsizing and, and all of that type of stuff to get sort of achieve your dreams and to get to where you wanted to be today. So what are some of the biggest ways that you have incorporated minimalism in, into your life and, and how do you sort of continuously do that? Like, where do you, where do you recommend people sort of start with that? Because minimalism isn't even just about, you know, like getting rid of clothes or something like that. There's, there's so much more to it and it's more of a lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think a good place for people, I mean, it seems like everybody always, when they're thinking of minimalism, they, their first thought is like, okay, I need to get rid of all the, like the clothes and the <laughs> stuff that I don't use. And like, yeah, that is super helpful. And that's a really good place to start. But I think it's just also so much a mindset, like even now where I'm financially in the place of like, you know, I don't need to budget like crazy, like I used to. It's, I just, I still have such a minimalist mindset because I'm like, if I go shopping, I'm like, I, I don't need that. I, I mean, I'm just still really, I guess I don't really know. I, it's hard for me to, I guess, give, I'm trying to think of like a good piece of how, like how to make that mindset shift. Because honestly, I feel like the way that I became like that was just because I had to, like we, when we moved into that tiny hut, it was like, we don't have room for anything. So we have to, I literally had a couple outfits at that time and that was it. And then I had like my computer. Um, and I've really just kind of kept that mindset even now because we're traveling. Well, and it, and it's it, when you, when you make it into a lifestyle too, it really, um, I mean, like, like you said, you were kind of forced into it, but you also made 
the choice to be forced into it too, which is something a lot of people wouldn't necessarily even get to that point. Like that's, I think that's why there's so much fascination with, uh, you know, the fact that that you lived in, which I thought it was adorable, by the way, (laughs) Um, your your hut in Hawaii, that what you call the tiny hut. I think that why people are so fascinated with something like that is because it's so outside of the North American norm to, to live in a place that's that small. So there is a huge fascination with that because people are like, well, how, how do you, how do you do that? How do you live? (laughs) So I think giving people that inside peak is, is really kind of what makes it the most interesting. Yeah. And I think, I guess kind of a mindset shift for me was that like, just caring less about what other people thought and, and having less attachment to physical items. So I, I mean, I've always kind of been a person that I just don't really care about like what my life looks like on the outside as long as it feels good to me on the inside. So like if I drive a shitty car, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like if I don't, if I don't have a good wardrobe, I don't really care. So I think if, if you are somebody out there who like is wanting to adopt a more minimalist lifestyle so that you can, you know, travel or afford, you know, I don't know, go back to school or whatever it is that is the reason that you want to do that. Or maybe you just want to have less stress. I'd say the first place to start like look inward and think about, you know, why are you attached to certain things? Is it because you're concerned with like, you want people to think that you have, you know, a great life or whatever. I mean, I think the important thing is like looking inward and just realizing that we don't really need any of that physical stuff to make us happy. And, and if we think that we do, that is totally a lie. So I think just getting really clear about that and and it makes it a lot easier too to realize like, Oh, just because society says I need to have all these things to be happy. Like that's a lie and it's not true. And, you know, keeping your why in mind and just knowing that, the things that you actually do want, like maybe your why is to travel like mine was, that is going to, once you achieve that, it's going to make it so worth it that you, you know, got rid of all of your clothes that you didn't need, or you moved into a smaller apartment, or you got rid of your car, or whatever else it is. Absolutely. No, for sure. And I have to ask, since you hired your husband, I'm dying to know, (laughs) (laughs) since you guys at work and travel together 24-7, how do you guys balance that? And do you sort of set boundaries around, you know, work time versus, uh, more like playtime. How do you, how do you guys make that work? And, uh, what, what's that look like for you the past few months? Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's, it has been, I'm not gonna lie. It has been kind of a challenge just because there, like you said, I mean, it's, it's hard to navigate that separation between like work and play and like make sure we're separating work from actually our marriage and like having a relationship um especially still i mean my business relatively new it's only you know been been going for the last i mean less than two years so um it is still something we're trying to figure out like the boundaries between but i think something that we're pretty good about is that we work really well together so that's good but also having that time when we're not working is really important. So I even try, we've been trying to like separate. So for example, we have the place that we're staying in right now in Bali. It's, it's kind of just like a hotel room basically. Um, but we're not really working while we're in it. We, I mean, obviously right now I am cause we're podcasting, but usually, so we, we kind of have a separation of between like, okay, when we're here, 
we're home and this is like our time to be together. And then we, if we're going to go work, we're going to go somewhere else to work. So there's kind of that boundary. And I think that's really important when you have your own business, especially if you're working from home too, is have that separation between like, maybe you even just have an office or you go work at Starbucks or something. If you know, you have like a different area where you're doing that versus bringing to like the bedroom or you know having it at home if that makes sense definitely yeah it's it's interesting i've i just started working uh from home full time and i i don't work uh with my with my guy but just the the physical separation of you know like often i end up working at, at the dining room table and then it's just way too easy to reach for the laptop and start working again at all hours of the day or night. <laughs> so yeah. just having that little bit of separation can be so, so helpful. I completely agree. <laughs> so how do you stay healthy with all of the traveling? So whether it's like eating or working out or anything like that, I mean, I know lots of people who aren't necessarily traveling full time still struggle with something like that when they're just, you know, going on vacation or something like that. Do you kind of, establish routines around those types of things? Do you sort of go with the flow, especially in new location? Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, I will say, first of all, in Bali, it is really easy to, you know, eat healthily because it's just, there are so many healthy options everywhere. It's just kind of part of the culture here, which is really awesome. But I mean, other places, like when we first started traveling around Southeast Asia and like, you know, Cambodia and more remote places like Myanmar. It's not, it's not um, as easy, I guess, but I would say that at this point, I just coming from a past of like being really strict with my food and disordered eating and obsessing about exercising and stuff, traveling for me has been like the one of the best things I've ever done for my recovery from all of that stuff because it just really kind of threw me out of a routine. And I know that everybody's different. And for some people, like having that routine is really helpful for them. It helps them stay on track. Whereas for me, I am so like regimented and stuff like that on my own, that it actually helps me to be kind of thrown off of that and being able and being forced to sort of go with the flow. So at this point, I'm able to have a lot, I think of a, like a healthier relationship. I like, you know, food and staying healthy. I don't stress about it, to be honest. Um, when you're traveling, you end up walking a lot and, you know, being outside and being active. So that's kind of how I stay active. I do, since we've been in Bali, I've gotten a gym membership, which is kind of cool. We're going to be here for a whole month. So I kind of wanted to establish a little bit more of a routine this time. Um, so doing that and then, but to be honest, I mean, we eat out for every single meal. I don't, I don't cook any of my own meals. And I know that that's like <laughs> against what a lot of like nutritionists and people in the uh, wellness world say to do because they're like, you know, cook your own food the healthiest way. But for me, it works out well because it, just like I said, it, it keeps me um, kind of open to like trying new things and not being super rigid about my nutrition, which is good mentally, I think more than anything. No, I love that. And, and I think that people need to be kind of, kind of less concerned with uh, cooking all their meals themselves too, because sometimes even when you're not traveling, sometimes it can be a, a sort of time versus money trade. And at yeah. what point is, is your time worth more? Like if you're spending hours in the kitchen, I, I don't even usually recommend for most people that they, you know, prep food and, and stuff because I did that for years and I started to hate my life. Like every Sunday, it was just the worst. <laughs> so yeah. again, like not necessarily the situation when traveling, but just, I, I think 
offering encouragement to people that there are other ways to eat healthy that don't necessarily involve eating a home cooked meal 24 <laughs> seven. Totally. And I, I mean, and if you are somebody who's concerned with like finding healthy options when you go out, I mean, I will say I've been to quite a few countries just even this year. And I don't think I've ever had just because I, I genuinely prefer, you know, healthier food most of the time. And I feel like there are pretty good options pretty much anywhere you go. You can seek out like a good restaurant and actually a website that I use. Um, it's actually, it's, it, it shows you where like the vegan and vegetarian options are in a certain country. But even if you aren't vegan or vegetarian, I just find that those restaurants tend to have more like allergy friendly and like healthier options for the most part. Um, and that's happy cow. So if you are somebody who's like traveling and you want to find a good healthy option for him, that's a good, a good, um, resource as well. <laughs> Yes. I've used that too, that it's, it's actually really, really helpful. And then you can select different options, like to tell you if yeah. they're even still open or not. So you don't get excited about a restaurant that you think is yeah. open and then they're closed too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Well, while we're on the topic of food too, um, I know that, uh, previously you had kind of eaten a slightly more paleo esque diet and you recently switched to plant-based and I'd love to hear more about that, like both kind of your, your reasons for switching and I, my main reason for bringing it up is because I love for people to sort of understand why you were a bit hesitant to announce to people that you had made the switch because this is something that I'm, I'm super passionate about as well, sort of labels around food. So tell me, tell me all about uh, kind of why you, you decided to go that route. Okay, yeah, definitely. I know I'm super fascinated by this topic too. I think it's just so, so interesting. Um, so yeah, I used to be pretty strict paleo, I would say, um, especially after going through like the NTA program and getting you know my nutrition certification and everything. I was very like paleo is the way. Um, and it, I will say that it did, changing my diet from like standard American to paleo definitely um, helped in some ways in terms of like my the health issues that I was struggling with. But at a certain point, I still felt um, a little bit restricted by that. And I still was kind of in that disordered eating mindset. Um, but so kind of and now at the point where I'm at, I am more, I, I do actually eat completely plant-based right now, but I don't even like to, I like, I came out on social media and basically said that, that this is what I've been doing, but I still don't even like to necessarily say that like, that's what I'm doing or that I'm vegan or anything like that, because I just feel like there's such a, I just never want to put myself in a box. And I just feel like when you, when you're paleo, you have kind of this like group of pe people that are doing the same things as you, you all support each other. And it's like, yes, paleo is the way, but then if you switch all of those I mean, most of those people might be like, oh, you know, I disagree with what you're doing now. That's not healthy or whatever. And I'm not, I'm, I'm just using paleo as an example. I think it's completely the same way with plant-based. I think it's the same way with veganism. I think it's the same way with keto. It's just, it's almost, I feel like it's a really dangerous mindset to label yourself as any of those things and feel like your identity is tied to a certain way of eating. Um, just because it's not allowing for you to change your mind if you want to. Like, for example, I was paleo and so hardcore paleo for so long. And then I started having all these health issues creep up again, but I was like, this is like, this is my thing. You know, what are people going to think if I stop eating meat or if I start eating more carbs or whatever? And it's just, I just feel like it's such an unhealthy place to be in. 
I I hope that something that I can like give to the nutrition world, even though I'm not um, like seeing nutrition clients anymore, is just that idea that like you don't have to put yourself into a box to be healthy. You can be kind of go with the flow. You can change your diet if you if your body is telling you like I don't want to eat meat right now. I need to like focus on more plant based foods because that feels better. It's okay to do that. And then you know a couple years down the line, if you're like damn, I really need a burger. And that is what is going to make you feel better. It's okay to do that, you know? Um, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And honestly, just to answer your question about why I kind of switched to um, eating plant-based is that I, I was having some digestive issues and like fatigue and that type of thing. But the main reason is number one, I have always had a really strong connection with animals. And I even tried to be vegetarian when I was younger because I have a real issue with eating meat or I did. Um, and so that was part of it. I just kind of my intuition telling me like, let's try to see how I feel like without it. Um, but also I just was really craving carbs like crazy. And I was like, I want all of the fruit and it's so plentiful in Southeast Asia too. So I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of crowd out some of the meat and dairy products and just like see how I feel. And at this point I'm feeling a lot better than I have in a long time. For the first time in like a decade, I have, you know, natural or not natural, but well, they are natural. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, for the first time in over a decade, I have a normal like monthly cycle and I'm getting my period, which I wasn't when I was eating paleo. Um, and so that at least tells me that like, okay, something that I'm doing now is right. Um, because if, you know, if you're not getting your period or you have hormonal issues like that, there's something going on. So that was kind of a long-winded answer to your <laughs> question. No, because there's, there's so much to cover there. Like, I mean, we could do an, an entire podcast episode just on that because I, I understand your hesitation about not wanting to kind of box yourself into basically any label because there can end up being stigmas attached to any and all of them. Everyone will always have an opinion. And I think that what we really need to focus on is really listening to our bodies, like, like you mentioned as well, because especially hormonal issues that involve things like not having a period. I, I went a full year without a period as well. And it's, it's a problem. And unfortunately there, there seems to be enough of a lack of education out there too, that, um, a lot of women, I feel like don't even realize how much of a cry for help that is when your body is not giving you a normal menstrual cycle. That's a huge, huge red flag. There are other, I mean, smaller things that, that we could get into as well, but you, you have to eat in a way that's going to make you feel and function at your highest level. And whether that's paleo or whether that's keto or, you know, plant-based somewhere in between, whatever that's going to look like for you, I think that we need to be open to moving between them as well and not necessarily staying stuck just for you know a, a belief system or maybe a community that you're really attached to within let's say the paleo community or something like that and just having that willingness to sort of eat eat to feel your best as opposed to eating because you think that you should eat a certain way definitely and i feel like it's it's so hard these days too because social media is such a big thing like somebody could be listening to this podcast maybe they're not getting their period and they hear my story and they're like oh my gosh i need to go plant-based because maybe that'll help me get my period back and it's like maybe but maybe not i mean i remember hearing a lot of people talking about how you know high fat was the answer to feeling 
female hormones. And that did not work at all for me. So, I mean, it really, everybody is so different. And just because, you know, you're the influencer that you follow did something and that worked for them, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you. Exactly. Yep. And I mean, we've, we've talked on, we've touched on so many things tonight too, that are, um, pretty personal. And one question that I always have for anyone who has an online business is how do you decide what the line is between what's personal and what's public when it comes to posting on social media as an online business owner? Because it always feels to me like such a delicate line to walk. We, we want to, you know, build connection, build, build relationships with people, bring these people into our lives. But what do we keep private and where, where is that line? Good question. And I'd say my answer to that is really not black and white, but I, I, cause I always recommend a great way to connect with your audience. Yeah. Is to like share things that are maybe more on the personal side, but that's always only if you are ready to share them and you feel like it's going to be beneficial to share. So for example, when I had first moved into the hut and I was still feeling kind of like shameful about it, I wasn't ready to share that with people. Um, because maybe I just hadn't accepted it myself or I'm not really sure what, you know, what the reasoning was. Um, but then at a, eventually I was like, you know what, I'm ready to share this. I think it could be helpful to show other people that like, yeah, just because I live in Hawaii, I, my life actually isn't that glamorous. Um, and I thought that might be helpful to people. So then I was ready to share it. And that's the same thing with like changing the way that I was eating. I, when I had first started doing that, I was like, I, I don't know if I feel shame around this or if I'm just like scared of what people are going to think, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Um, and then once I started to just kind of own it because I saw the benefits and I was like, yeah, I mean, I think this might be helpful for people to, to know. And I have a real life message that I want to share. So I guess my answer would just be only do it if you feel ready and comfortable to do it. And if you, if you feel like you are just airing out, you know, your dirty laundry, then I would say maybe wait, and maybe that's something that you don't want to talk about yet, or maybe ever. I think it's okay to keep, you know, some things personal, whatever, whatever that is for you. For sure. Yeah. Because there's this, this whole sort of weird thing now that I, I feel as though people are saying, well, oh, if, if it didn't get posted on social media, it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. we, we need to take a step back here and look at this yeah. a little bit more realistically. <laughs> Just because yeah. it's not social media does not mean that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it can be hard to like draw that line, but I definitely do feel like there are some things for sure. Um, and a good example of this too is like recently I, we went to France and we spent like almost the whole month with my parents. And I honestly didn't really post on social media at all. I wasn't really... Instagram storying very much. I wasn't making YouTube videos. I wasn't really sharing that because I just felt like I don't see my parents that often. I don't want to be on my phone the whole time, like filming them or filming what we're doing. So I don't know, just, I think ha maybe have like having, focusing on like a, a few things that you want to keep personal, I think is, is a good kind of boundary to have for sure. Yeah, definitely. I, what are some of the, what are some of the best sort of either the best advice or the best resources that you would suggest for business owners in the first couple of years of starting up. And, you know, if, if they have to make a choice about areas that would maybe be best uh, to invest in themselves, what, what would kind of be your, your thought on that? Yeah. You mean like, what would be my advice for somebody starting out with like, in a, with a business online? Like what do I think they should? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. With an online business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, you know, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think just being clear about what, again, like your why, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to have a completely online business or do you want to use your online presence to, you know, attract clients to your, your you know, brick and mortar business or, you know, your office or whatever. Um, so I think that's number one. And I think, I feel like there's so many directions that I can go with this, but I think focusing on cultivating, this is something that I talk about a lot. I think one of the most popular or one of the most important things you can do if you want to have an online business is I know everybody is all about social media and I'm not saying social media isn't important, but I think if you can choose like one social media platform just to start that you can really focus on and grow and be really, really consistent with instead of trying to be everywhere um, and, you know, growing your business and your brand on there. And then in, in addition to that, also building an email list. Those are the two things, even if you have, even if you like aren't even certified yet and you don't know how you're going to make a business online, the best thing you can start doing is start cultivating that audience of people that know you and like you and you're providing the value on a regular basis so that when you do have, maybe it's a course or an ebook or you know, some sort of program or even you just start accepting one-on-one -on -one clients, you already have that audience kind of built up that's ready and willing to work with you and that type of thing. What I see a lot is people going in on um, like creating or getting certified or creating like the business side of things first, but then once they're ready to start, you know, making money, they don't really have any audience. They don't have, you know, their personal brand established or anything like that. So. I would say um, do those things first and even if you aren't sure yet like what makes you special or what your niche is or anything like that, that's okay. Just start sharing your life with people and your message and honestly your truth. I think that's something that's really, really important and sets you apart because nobody else is you. So you can start really growing an audience full of people that either you're going to, you know, attract people to you by speaking your truth, but you're also going to repel people that, you know, you don't want anyway. So I think that's a, a really good place to start. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's such a great point too, that even if you're not certified in you know, whatever your particular field is yet, maybe you're, you're a student or something like that, anyone can build a personal brand. That doesn't have to mean that, you know, you're, you're even necessarily charging people money for anything at that point you can even just start to get people to sort of know, like, and trust you. And it, there's still ways to, to help people. Like we, we all have a story to share. And I think that there's, there's something that we can all learn from each other. Everyone has something to teach, even if it's not necessarily, you know, nutrition related or something like that. There's, there's always things that we can learn from other people. So just kind of taking the leap is, uh, is usually the, the best course of action. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Um, and I, I really want to just really quickly touch on sort of money mindset. And I know you mentioned that uh, previously you'd been in debt and you've since gone on to go obviously out of debt and build a, a really successful business. And do you still sort of experience some issues around money mindset? And I, I, what, what does that kind of look like for you? How does that sort of play out in your in your head because usually when uh either i personally and i know i have other friends in the industry with with online businesses um even i, I mean all of us really even if you don't have a, a business we all kind of have stuff around money and i'd love to sort of get your take on that 
Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting um, because I still definitely, it's still something that I work on all the time. I mean, coming from my background, I, I still kind of am in that like hoarder mentality, if you will, like, like feeling like there's not enough, there's not enough when actually I really at this point, like that's not even an issue that I need to worry about. But it's just, it's so interesting how like those messages or those um, things get so ingrained in your mind. So, so that, that's something that I work on all the time that it's like, okay, there's more than enough to go around. Like there's an abundance of money and I do like, I manifesting and affirmations around money and my business and goal setting and all that kind of stuff is something that I do and I'm very um, kind of dedicated to doing because I think it just makes such a big difference. I don't know, I think, and I, the reason I like to share that is because I, I think it's good to know like when you look up to people who you think that just like are super successful or have it all together, like most people are still struggling with something. Um, and that I would say is one of the areas that I like still definitely work on and, and trying to improve for sure. Um, but I would say a couple of people that I like following for like money mindset kind of advice online are, or on Instagram, Amanda Francis is, um, somebody that has like good money mindset stuff. The, um, what is her name? Manifestation Babe is really good. And then Denise Duffield Thomas, those, those three are really good for like money mindset shifts and the kind of stuff you want somebody to follow. <laughs> Perfect. We will definitely reference that in the show notes. That's awesome. Well, and that's the thing, right? There's, is that there's, there's always room to grow. I think that, that something yeah. like money mindset, no matter what your money mindset looks like today, it can, it will likely look different, you know, 60 days from now or a year from now. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you will have reached some level of, of perfection at that point. It just means that maybe a whole whack of new issues have cropped up that you need to deal with. It's sort of an ongoing evolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Um, so tell us about, about your courses. I know that you have, you have more than one course. You are working on a new one. It, tell us all about uh, the courses that you have and what you've got coming up. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so the two courses I have out right now are um, Instapreneur and Digital Nomad Nutritionist. So Instapreneur is basically a course that's going to teach you all about Instagram, everything you need to know when it comes to like personal branding, um, taking good photos, hashtagging, writing good captions, all of those things that you are going to want to focus on if you want to build your Instagram account and not just for the sake of having a lot of followers, but if you want to use your Instagram account as a, you know, your main form of marketing as a business owner. So that one I really love and I do, it, I know the algorithm changes all the time. So I do keep that one really um, updated. And then Digital Nomad Nutritionist is for anybody who is in the wellness or nutrition world. I've even had like personal trainers or like beauty counter consultants, things like that, that maybe they aren't actually nutritionists, but they want to have a business online where they have the freedom to you know, travel or maybe just work from home and make their own schedule. That course is really going to teach you how to um, get started online and start making money from your wellness business. So um, that one I am really passionate about. That's kind of like, that was like my first kind of um, really big success of an online course. And it's still to this day is like bringing in tons of new clients every week. So, or uh, students, which is really exciting. Um, and then the course that I'm working on right now has been by popular request <laughs> is basically a, a course that is teaching other people how to make their own course. So my basic goal to 
build a business to the point where you know I'm supporting myself and my husband and our travels full time is through creating online courses. So now I want to be able to give that information to other people so that no matter what field or niche they are in, they can create their own online course based on the knowledge and experience and passions that they have and turn it into a really profitable and scalable and sustainable business. I love that. Oh, so good. I'm, I'm excited to see this new course. I know you've been working really hard on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm so excited. It should be out, I'm thinking in August. I'm not sure when this podcast will go live, but I'm giving myself like a month or two to finish it up and then send it out into the world. <laughs> awesome. Oh, that'll definitely, we will reference all that in the show notes as well. And yeah, Amy, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so I'm Rebel Nutrition, and that's E. I'm really good at spelling. R E R E V E L L E Nutrition. Pretty much everywhere. So on Instagram, YouTube, and then RebelNutrition.com. And I just have one more question. I ask. Uh, I'm asking all the guests this one. If you could offer people one piece of advice on how to grow into the best version of themselves, what would it be? So whether that's a business owner or like as a business owner or just the, the best version that they could possibly be, what would that look like? Oh, my best advice, that's a great question, would be to just embrace the unique and quirky things about yourselves, about yourself and, and just, I'm thinking about the best way to say this, but I, I think my, honestly, my overarching message, like with my business, and I think the message that I'm meant to share with the world is that like, Everybody is unique and has something special about them. And if you're somebody out there, I hear this all the time from clients who's like, there's nothing special about me or like, why would anybody listen to me? Every single person has something unique and special about them. And it's just about finding that and embracing it and being proud of it and sharing it with the world. I think that's like the best and most empowering thing that you can do for yourself. And it also is the most helpful um, to other people as well. Oh, such good advice. I love it. That, that's so <laughs> applicable you. to everyone in life. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amy, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, especially for taking time out of your, your busy course building day while in beautiful <laughs> Bali. I, I know uh, Amy and I talked beforehand uh, right before we jumped on and, and she assured me that it was raining in Bali today. So I felt better about taking time out of her day. <laughs> No, this is, this is fun. Even if it wasn't raining, I still would have been so excited to do this. Uh, well, thank you so much. That's it for today. And I hope that you got as many awesome nuggets out of that interview with Amy as I did. If you want all of the show notes, I referenced everything that we discussed and it's at emilygoffcoaching.com slash 007. Thanks so much and see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. Can you do me one favor though? Can you take a screenshot of this and tag me on social media? I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review on iTunes, that would make a huge difference. It's really important to have those, those reviews so that we can get the word out there about the podcast, get more amazing guests on and get as much information out there as we possibly can together. Looking forward to growing with you.